Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to a festively fabulous Thrash and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast where two rebels without a Santa Claus jump in their sleighs and go head to head in a game of musical chicken. And speaking of sleighs, I'm Aaron. Yes, queens. And I'm joined, as usual, by the gift to all bread kind, because if humans were a tasty Christmas dessert, he'd be a fruity pavlova. He's my co-host, Evan, the Christmas elf. Merry Christmas. How are you doing? Merry Christmas. Not drunk enough yet. Not drunk enough yet. Was Santa good to you this morning? Yeah, yeah, yes. Santa's been very good to me this year. Yes. I've been a good boy. Guess what? What? We have another diva in Satan's workshop today. And she's here to make this the whitest Christmas ever. Oh, wait, that sounded less racist in my head. Anyways, this season, Soprano first dawned on the Broadway stage by saying good morning, Vietnam, in the mega hit Miss Saigon. And with one look at this electrifying entertainer, Andrew Lloyd Webber soon let this star shine down on Sunset Boulevard, which thankfully gave her a slippery stop off in Urinetown for an appointment with the Golden Boy. No, wait, different show. But it certainly wasn't Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe we can ask Tony Award winner Henry Ivey, whoever he is. And from British royals in the American theatre to being emotionally torn apart by French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte in British theatre, it's only a matter of time before this enchanting chanteuse hits a Parisian theatre as an American politician to complete the triangle, or else my eye will forever twitch. And that's probably not a stretch. Unlike our guest's resume, which has seen 30 Christmases with several more stage appearances in City of Angels, Merrily We Take Me Along, plus creating the role of good old Betty in today's chosen Christmas musical, not to forget the three dozen or so screen credits which have seen her killing it alongside Murder She Baked in A Story to Die For, a story which sadly isn't how she played mind games on Herman's Head, nor that affair with Joshua Jackson... Wait, that's not fair. I don't want to play anymore. I want to go <laughs> home. Just like this tantalising talent was right at home in Beauty and the Beast, so she'll fit right in with us. Plus laws and orders, FBI, white collar, blue bloods, elementary, basically all the cop shows ever made, as well as Golden Boy. No, wait, I said that one. Needless to say, there are so many projects, you'll tired of hearing them all. So like a needle pulling thread, Without further ado, please give the warmest, most Aussiest, oh, Merry Christmas, Chook, to the actress-singer-dancer who became fair game to Sean Penn and Naomi Watts as the day dims on the 10th anniversary of her breezy solo album, The Dimming of the Day. So tonight, she's here for some unfair game on 666 Park Avenue. So welcome to the torture <laughs> workshop. The only person to put the vowel in days of our lives it's the amazing Anastasia Barzi. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Torture Chamber. Oh, How that are you was doing? fantastic. Thank you so much. I am just for those at home, if you follow us on Twitter, my world was shattered last night with that Days of Our Lives pun at 4.30 in the morning. 
Holy shit. Thank you very much for that because I'm now dead. This is the ghost of Christmas past hosting the show today. So welcome. Hi. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. That was hysterical. I, I need a copy of that. I need yes. that. I need that framed <laughs> and on my wall somewhere. That was fantastic. Oh, I have <laughs> been asked a few times for a copy. I've told twice that it'll be in their bio, but it's the first time I am going to be plaqued up on someone's wall. That is oh, yeah. an honor. You need to be in my room. It's hysterical. Thank you so much. I told you I was very <laughs> proud of that one. It, it takes a hell of a lot out of me. It's funny because I always ask beforehand just to make sure, even if I've said their name a thousand times, just to make sure to pronounce someone's name correctly. But what no one realizes is that those introductions take so much out of me to do, to not screw up every bloody rhyme and sentence and pun, that by the time I get to the name, I don't care, to be honest. I just want to get that thing out and not stumble on all my words. So No, it's time for a nap. It is. It is. It's time for a lay down. But speaking of which, uh, we've all just woken up. It's Christmas morning. So was Santa good to you this year? Very good to me. Thank you. Very good. Lots of presents. Uh, no coal. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was a good Christmas. I'm wearing my Christmas green for you. Yeah, awesome. Yes, I'm wearing green and red and I got yes. a Santa hat on, but it is um, summer in Australia, which means I am currently dying. But I was already dead, so it really doesn't yes. matter, apparently. Mm. The pun killed you. That, that did. Um, yeah, so, okay, now speaking of puns and terrible dad jokes, we have uh, in the Commonwealth countries, we have a tradition at Christmas called the pantomime. Are you familiar? I am familiar. Uh, yes. When I was working in London, I heard about yep. it. We don't have that in the US. No. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty great. Yes. They, look, yeah. they are cheesy pop songs. They're not original songs, which we're, I'm on a mission now to get some really good original songs in original pantomimes. They're cheesy jokes. They're over the top. Men play women, women play men. It Aren't is... they like a, a gateway drug into real musicals? Yes. Yes, yeah. they were very much. And that's how I am yeah. sitting here today. Now, would you consider ever doing one in America? Oh, I would love to. I don't know that, I don't know that we have the sense of humor for it, though. I mean, I think no. I've seen them and I think they're hysterical, but I think that, you know, everyone's a little... Everyone's pretty PC here. I, I, I don't know if, if it would go over well, honestly. Yeah. But we, we'd have to see, right? Yeah, yeah no. It'd be fun to see. Thought about it for a while, but I think there is a lot of 30 Rock and community and there is yeah. a very intelligent, satirical sense of humour in American entertainment, which you also do get in British humour, but you also get a really absurd. So I, I would be interested to see, would that work? Yeah. Could that work? Because the straight up Christmas musical, which we're, we're obviously going to get to one today, but um, it's a, a modern crowd of now standing up and screaming for Jagged Little Pill. Uh, so you know what I mean? Yes. Like that that classic music. Oh, maybe everyone's excited about Funny Girl yes. you know, being a, a classical musical, but there seems to be that whole museum pieces versus something new. And well, I, I, I say go for it. A producer, yeah. if anyone's listening, grow a pair and put on a Christmas yeah, pantomime. Yeah. They're cheap and easy. You can get big name stars to, to do a cameo. Yeah, maybe it's time for some good silly, silly. It know? is. We've all been through it. Uh, speaking of silly, I have to say in Australia, your surname would actually be Bar Z. Oh. <laughs> yes, because we don't say That's... Z, we say Z. I like that, Bar Z. I still read it as Bar Z. Did you? It's yeah, I, I did yeah. too, but I'm, I'm just being... Um, being a smart ass there, but also I believed you. 
<laughs> now I have to ask, does anybody call you Stasi Barzi? Oh. Because I would love to, for the rest of my life, call you Stasi Barzi. I think you need to. I have been called Stasi. Uh, do you know Jeff McCarthy? He's a he's an American uh, musical theater mostly. Yeah. Star guy, been in a million shows. He calls me Stasi. So you're not the first Stasi, but I like Stasi Barzi. It's good. No, I've been called any, everything from Anastasia to euthanasia. So, oh God, I, I answer to anything. I know it's dark for Christmas. Oh my gosh! Goodness gracious <laughs> way. This is lockdown. This is what I've been doing, thinking too much, basically. Yes. Uh, but anyways, we'll move on to heavy metal. Speaking of silly stuff, have you had any experience over the years with metal or heavy metal, new metal, glam metal? You know, I, I I appreciate it. I certainly, I've never sung it. I don't think I have the, the voce for that kind of thing. Um, the closest I got to that stuff was maybe singing in top 40 bands in college, but I do appreciate it. And I have two young boys and I have to say, I've proudly raised them on, on everything, including, you know, ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne and, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think a twisted sister and you know anything that would kind of get the energy out at night so I have a great appreciation for the metal awesome so good yeah look I I I absolutely know that getting the energy out at night maybe that's I should start doing that listening to the metal at night what am I talking I do Yeah, okay, so this week Evan found a Christmas album by Half Ord the Third. Half Ord. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Would you like to tell everyone what you chose and why? Because Anastasia, for those at home, had suggested Ozzy Osbourne, because obviously um, you just mentioned that. And I was hoping that he had done a Christmas album at some point. So we went looking and we found this one and I dropped it by you and, and you responded positively to it. So Evan, what was your motivation for this one? Well, they are actually few and far between. Like, if you look up, you know, metal Christmas albums, there's literally hundreds of them, but they're all compilations. Yeah. They're all, you know, uh, yeah, one band does one cover of a, oh. of a traditional song and, and then they'll do a compilation, that's it. And, like, compilations don't really count in this context. Well, yeah. You like to have an album by an artist, so. Not for musical, but we may do a horror movie soundtrack at some point, and they're full of heavy metal compilation so yeah true but a compilation of covers is a different matter Mm. but it is about interpretation we are a music commentary show there's a couple of good ones like twisted sister did a really good christmas album by themselves but we just did twisted sister so i had to choose something else yeah and and yeah and i stumbled across this i hadn't actually heard this performance off either before listening to it and choosing it but he has he has sat down and written a new Christmas album and he's had a good crack at writing some new Christmas songs, which is not the easiest thing to do. You know, not since possibly, uh, was it Mariah Carey? Is to, to write a new Christmas song that has actually stuck and get airplay. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's, that was probably the last time it's happened. Yeah. Um, so it's not, not an easy thing to do. Not to say that any of these original songs by, uh, you know, Judas Priest's frontman have stuck, but he's had a crack at it and good on him for trying. And, and yeah, some of the covers in this, uh, are just spectacular. Um, are they? They are. Um, Okami Manuel is just brilliant. It's great. Well, we'll find out. But before I get onto your thoughts, Evan, can I quickly read through my review? Because otherwise you might squash oh, yes. all my jokes. Oh, yeah. Aaron needs to rip it to pieces first. I'm not. That's. Uh, it's. 
Christmas morning. The only thing I am ripping into are my presents, which, as I say, I already got. And it was an electronic ticket, so really, I ripped nothing this morning except my back when I bent over. Anyways, so I've written a review. Would we like to quickly hear it? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. And then I can shut up. When I first saw the cover, I had that feeling which I always got from my relatives' Christmas lunch. Dread. Followed by diarrhea. So I pressed play on the Spotify, and oh boy, what can I say? And this album was a choice. I never knew Doctor Who villains had released so many albums. Yet being <laughs> British robots, it doesn't surprise me that they'd try for a Christmas number one album. But was this album a number one, or just plain number two? <laughs> it was interesting. Melodramatic, camp, but also grinding with guitars and drums that I think were programmed? I don't know, when it comes to metal, I'm definitely number two. Which subsequently, too, is what I may have scored this album, if not for the sheer audacity of it. Half Ord Third must have huge, shiny baubles hanging from his tree. Also, I have to say, putting We Three Kings as the second track just shows that not even an artist of Half Ord Third's calibre can count. We Three Kings should be the third track, and these metal albums are making my eye twitch harder than having to see my relatives every Christmas or any time of the year for that matter. Viva la lockdown. But was this album a gift of a hit or was this an unmerry Christmas? Three stars, <laughs> maybe. Three stars. Again, it was really ballsy. It, um, it was melodramatic. There was some magical singing, which I always enjoy the magical. It makes me skip around like an idiot. But would I put it on at Christmas or any of these songs onto my Christmas playlist? I don't know because the programming I think was a bit too repetitious and Christmas is depressing enough for us all <laughs> that to have an album like this on it's like, I know, because I'm a bit of a curmudgeon throughout the year. But Christmas, I don't know why. I'm not even religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. But Christmas, I'm, I'm always full of joy. I don't know why. I, like, get socks and deodorant. <laughs> There's no thrill anymore is what I'm saying. My thrill is playing Santa to my nephew for the past 11 years, which has been probably the greatest joy in my life, getting to go toy shopping every year. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know because this was a bit depressing, melodramatic. Depressing. Okay, fair enough. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, normally at Christmas, we, I will, I have like a, a metal Christmas compilation that I'll chuck on. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of compilations and I'll, I'll just mash them together and just hit shuffle. But then, you know, after an hour or two, it's like, oh, all right, that, that's enough of that. You know, there's something about doing metal covers of Christmas standards. I can only really tolerate them on Christmas morning for a while, you know, and then we'll do a traditional Christmas mix and then it's just, you know, whatever usual to standard radio but this is i am definitely adding this to my christmas list uh playlist yeah I, I loved it it's certainly the playing is spectacular i mean uh, rob halford is he, he literally is the metal god he's sorry who? i think is he rob halford who's that oh. <laughs> <laughs> um i could not say that with a straight face at all anyways go oh for god's sake Fra i can't believe i still fall for your bullshit <laughs> you um, <do> every time. <laughs> 
So yeah, he's the you know he's the front man of Judas Priest. These guys have been around since 1969. Oh. It's just an incredible voice. Yeah, he's done. I think I counted. I tried to figure out what album number this was, but he's done so many different projects over the years. I'd have to lay it all out in a freaking spreadsheet. But he's 32 albums in total so far, and he's he's 70 now. Um, I think he was still going as of a couple of years ago. They were still touring up and probably up until COVID. And it's funny you should mention. Ozzy Osbourne, he has actually sung for uh, Black Sabbath. He's, he he can just step in and cover a concert. He d he's done it on a few different occasions um, where he's just stood in for Ozzy Osbourne because he had bronchitis or something and, and done, you know, two shows of just Black Sabbath. He would just get up and wow. stand in and, and, you know, do shows, which I can't think of anyone else who could who could just stand in for another band and the fans would go mental anyway. Mike Patton. You know, yeah. But whether, you've, whether you're prepared and, and know everything off the top of your head at short notice to be able to just stand in and play another band's songs, that's, that's pretty impressive. I'm sorry, but did you know Mike Patton, I found this out this week because we're recording next week with a guest who has a five octave range. Mike Patton has a six octave range. Yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. I mean, I only, off the top of my head, I know he's got like four distinct voices that he sings in. And he'll chop and change mid-song, and it's incredible. Yeah, didn't realise there was six. Wow. Yeah, six octaves. Well, some of us have four voices we hear, but anyways. He does everything from, you know, Italian opera. I mean, he moved to Italy to learn Italian, to go and sing Italian opera. The, the wow. guy's got chops. And, and an open and... invitation to come on this show, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I... Mike, Mike Patton. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> we won't ever get but I gave Faith No More's album five stars. I think before, yep. so please hear this yeah. universe. Anyways, continue. Sorry, and then we'll get on to. I, I certainly love this album. This is yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I was really digging it. I'm a little disappointed that I think track six, "Christmas for Everyone," there's a line in it. He says, "You know, Christmas comes for everyone," and I was waiting for it to be sinister, but it's not. It's all about you know the joy is coming for everyone. I was like, oh, you could have you could have done a bit of tongue in cheek, you know, I don't know, little horror movie. <laughs> something that i was expecting sinister and it didn't come but yeah uh okami manual i'm just in love with that is it's so well done apparently a lot of uh standard christmas songs are in the key of c which a lot of metal songs are also in so they do translate really well most of the time if you pick the right people to sing the right <laughs> songs yeah they can they can turn out really good um and i think this is one of them i yeah I, I love this and he did do another christmas one as well um, called Celestial, which was only like 2019, and I haven't had a chance to listen to that. Well, we haven't picked the album for Chris Sarandon's episode, and we've got two weeks to decide on it. We've got less than two weeks because we're recording like, in two weeks with him. Well, I can't choose him again. We can. We could do a half or the third double, would make him half or the sixth, if I can count. <laughs> a video of two people's arms oh. playing. The music of Company was posted, so I retweeted it saying Company was written before Stephen Sondheim had his third and fourth arms removed. Uh, no one got oh it. Oh, God. I, I, I get it. One person. <laughs> it's great. It's just one of those absurd, stupid jokes that how do you not read that and just hit the retweet button, people? It's so depressing. But anyway, sorry, I had to bring that up there. 
what were we talking about? Okay, yeah, so we can we can do him again if we want to do the double with that. Uh, but Anastasia, as our guest, yes. uh, did you have a listen to this album? I did. And I have to say that I naively never knew that metal Christmas music was was a thing. Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, no, it's, it's a big thing. You like I said, you put you put Metal Christmas into Spotify, and it's a very long list. I was amazed, and I loved it. I loved it. as soon as she sent it to me, I went, "Oh my god, this is fantastic! It really is." The Oh Holy Night is incredible. Yeah, I do quite like that's my favorite Christmas carol. It's mine too. I think I yeah. think that's why I love it the most. But it's just so good, and I thought, oh, I can't wait to just sneak this in. At Christmas time, because everyone's expecting <laughs> to hear all the, you know, the usual stuff that we hear in every store from the time Halloween happens. And this is just so refreshing and so great. I really, I really liked it. I dug yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Wow. Oh. My other favorite carol is Channing. Anyways. <laughs> that took a I got that one. You really need a rim shot, man. Yeah. Where is yeah. it? I know, right? No, I hear it in my head. That's fine. That's all. It's there. It, it was, as I say, it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. And yeah. I guess I have heard enough punk covers of things that I didn't necessarily see it as fresh, but that's probably why I also saw it as depressing because punk is so cheeky, as I keep yeah. saying on this show. But again, there was even a punk Christmas album we were looking at. Yeah, we were. But that was cheating because you'd automatically like it. Rose Carla Glasses is my drag queen name. It is not how I live my life, okay? <laughs> Plain and simply. I'm not that biased. I'm, I'm happy to rip shit into punk. If it's not good, that's not what this show's about. But anyways, um, I think, yes, enough ribbon of the metal. Oh. Christmas pun for you. Didn't get that one. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> So if you get, would you give it a score, Anastasia, what would you give it? Between what and what? Out of five, I guess we go, or whatever you like. Out of five? Oh, I, you know, I might give it a four plus. Yeah. Mm. I really liked it. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know, he's a, he's a seasoned vocalist. He's got a hell of a voice. Yeah. You know, he, he literally is. Uh, the, his nickname is Metal God. You know, he's been. Then why yeah. is he you know, using a vocoder? Is that what it is? Or a thing that makes him sound robotic. A tuning, yeah, tuning thing. I'm not sure of the actual ins and outs of the recording. Hang on, no, Um, the vocoder, I think, is what you record a a loop into and then you press it to hear your voice loop back. Oh. I don't bloody know. Goodness gracious me, I'm making stuff (laughs) up. I just thought of that as kind of the style. I didn't think of that as, I don't know. No, I don't think he runs, I don't think he runs effects on his voice as far as I know. All right. I'd have to do more research on that one, but I don't think so. I mean, God, 69, we didn't have effects on voices in real time. No. But this wasn't recorded in 69. No, this no, was... this is 2009. It's quite, yeah, quite recent. That's um, a redundant point, sorry to say. <laughs> I'll get, look, oh, you know what, I'll give it another another listen. Is that first song, Get Into the Spirit, is that an original? Yes. I think, yeah. Yes. That's his original. Okay, that's wild. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. There's... Four actually, Christmas for everyone. I don't care. Uh, Light of the world and get into the spirit. And get into the spirit was the um was the single that he released for it as well. Right. So yeah, half of the album is original. Like I said, to to have a crack at writing original Christmas songs, yeah. n- not the easiest thing to do without you know everything's been done. You know, it's, it's true. It's, and everyone wants to do that because they know it's a huge money maker. Oh yeah. Yeah. If, if you can nail something that sticks, 
Yeah. Yeah. That and a TV theme or, or a commercial jingle. Mm-hmm. Mm, those three things you are set for life, I, I, I would say. Um, but sadly, Light of the World was not the Godspell song of the same name. Well, we'll move on. We'll throw to a quick ad break. Did I have a, a pun written for that? I can't even find my, <laughs> my cheat sheet. I had a big, because when I lie down to sleep, I actually work. This sounds ridiculous, but. <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah i do all my best work on my back oh anyways oh god <laughs> goodness <laughs> you're in the wrong profession mate you don't know me <laughs> anyways enough christmas roasting we'll be back after these messages G'day listeners, Aaron here. As you might remember from our Caroline O'Connor episode, Evan was incapacitated so wasn't able to join us, but he was sent on the mission to listen to Mac and Mabel and dive into that. So let's find out if that's what sent him to hospital. Yeah, I I did. I gave it a few listens. Um, Look What Happened to Mabel is a really cool song. Mm -hmm. Um, Wherever He Ain't was also another great one. I just did not have enough time. I can't even comment on the music because I've got a couple of others in my head. Right, so this is a 1974 recording? No, 1995. 95 recording. See, I'm not even looking You're at looking that. at the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. Although the song, the song titles are still correct. Yeah. The show was originally a bit of a flop. Like I said, literally, I, this is where I had fallen over and spent the next three weeks in bed. That's all right. I actually saw um, Todd Bonapane was singing Wherever He Ain't in his bathtub as well. Maybe that's where I knew it from. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I'd heard that before somewhere, and I don't think it was Todd's bathtub. Okay, either. yeah, good. Oh, excellent, Evan. You're validating me right now because I have been asking everyone, where's this song from? Is it from a commercial or whatever? In the episode, I talk well, about possible. knowing possible. four songs from this show, but only mm. knowing that two of them came from this show. But I didn't know that the other two came from the show until we started doing this episode. Because right. I was only familiar with those two songs, Whatever Happened to Mabel and Hundreds of Girls. Now, hundreds of girls, did you find that remarkably sexist in the, today's times? That's right. I was listening to it and I'm going, I wonder if this is satire or not. I need to go and you know, find out. No, it's a true story. They're real people. <laughs> yeah, no, I did raise an eyebrow sort of going, hang on. I know, I know it's 1974 when it was initially written. Yeah. So, you know, things get you know, snuck by. Yeah. Um, and they go, no, no, let's keep it all, um, yeah, keep it all true to the original. You can't go changing lyrics of someone else's songs, even if they might be a little dodgy. Yeah, I hate it when um, they do that. I really do. We shouldn't be judging the art, which is a comment on a point of time. Judge the point of time. Mm. Artists quite often are, are making things as a comment on that point of time. So don't judge the artist, judge the society. Mm. anyways that's my little spiel and tap your troubles away is yep knew that is, is, is that's ringing a bell too that was in the muppet show with gilda radner i got it right this time oh yeah it's so funny i watched it the other day i remember that one yeah i do remember that that must be where i know it from yeah <laughs> but wherever he ain't i can't remember might have been in the muppet show I, don't know. I know i've heard that before though and that hasn't happened in a while. There's been a lot of musicals where it's over and over and over. Just I haven't heard any of these before. You know, they're not even in the older ones that don't break through into commercials or movies or whatever. 
but wherever wherever he ain't, I definitely have heard that before somewhere. Yeah, so have I. Yeah, unfortunately, I just didn't have enough time with it. I was I was just laid up in bed, feeling like absolute garbage, That's and okay. I just couldn't even look at a phone to research anything. That was where I. I've I've literally checked out of society for like the last three weeks. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I got over it. Now I'm yeah, I'm I'm watching Gypsy. It's the a score you'll have to give it a five stars just to apologize to the creators of <laughs> Mac and Mabel and Caroline O'Connor. To apologize? What yeah. for? I didn't say anything. Yeah. Other than not, I don't know. I don't know. It was a funny moment, Evan. You laughed, and that was good. We can end it on that. <laughs> Anyways, we're back with Thrush and Treasure. I'm Aaron. That's Evan, and we are joined by Broadway beauty Anastasia Barzi, or as I am personally going to call her, Stasi Barzi, yes. for the rest of my life. Now, speaking of stars, you released your solo album dimming of the day are we ever going to get a follow-up about evan the dimwit of the day (laughs) or just a (laughs) follow-up any title a follow-up i would love to i just it kind of just just hasn't happened i was thinking i worked on a a baccarat a bird baccarat uh show that Mm -hmm. did you know pretty well in new york and we were going to do that uh, we were going to record that. I don't know what happened, but uh, I would still like to do that. I have a bunch of beautiful arrangements that we did for that. Kevin Hayes did. And uh, I have a couple of Burt Bacharach songs, one in particular that was brand new, has never been recorded. So, and I had his blessing. So yeah, I, I need to, I need to get on that again. You know, it's, it's a big undertaking and you get other jobs and other things and family and they kind of, you go, Oh God, right. I got to do the Bacharach thing. So Thank you for reminding me. I would, yeah, yeah, I would love to do another one. Yeah, because it was released ten years ago in September. I know. Uh, now those songs um, were they original? Because I didn't recognize any. No, only the very last one, um, "April Moon," is original. But everything else is. Um, there's a um, Rufus Wainwright in there. There's. Um, oh, that's why I don't listen. Randy Newman. You don't listen to him. <laughs> I know, I love Randy Newman. There's a Randy Newman. There's a Paul Simon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd have to go back and look at it. It's been a while since I've looked at that. Um, Kate Bush. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's quite eclectic. It's what, what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to do um, the traditional musical theater album. A lot of people. Thank you. you know, those, those of us that do that or did that, you know, primarily for a living, we, you know, you go and you do an album and they do all this musical theater songs. And I just thought, no, but there is one, the Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, nothing like you've ever known is in there, but we did it as a tango. So we totally, if you listen to the two of them, they're co- you, you, almost unrecognizable, but it's the same song. And it's, I'm very proud of the, the work we did on that, trying to make, do something different. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite, oh, I thought it was yeah. breezy and chilled and jazzy. Oh. It was a really lovely album. And um, thank you. Maybe it was the arrangements, is why I didn't recognize any of the songs, because as we've established on this show, Aaron doesn't pay attention to lyrics <laughs> ever, uh, apparently. I did actually, I listened to your album yesterday. Um, oh. And yeah. was it all the way through? And it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it, it was cool. It's not my thing. Just, 
yeah. putting well, it out, not are. my thing. And then it hit the last song, April Moon. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is excellent. I really love the last song. And then you've just said, oh, yeah, that was the one original. Oh, yeah. it's, oh that's so great. So, yeah, more of that. Take that last right. song and, and yeah, more of that, please. More of yeah. that. All right, all right. It's very, it's a, a very sweet, simple melody. And, it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good, good. yeah, it's just got more, I don't know, it's got a bit more passion, a bit more oomph in it. Oh. Um, was the rest are all very laid back and you know I don't want to say lounge singing but moody yeah yeah they're moody they're moody yeah and yeah. then you get all get all upbeat and excited in the last track and it's like, oh you waited thirteen songs to <laughs> to get up but no. that's what fast forwards for <laughs> I wouldn't skip a guest's album gee rude. Uh, well, speaking of moody, uh, you are an April yeah. baby and you share a birthday with the most moodiest person I know, my dad. Oh. So I apologize for that. Oh, you know, your yeah. dad and I also share with Barbara Streisand and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Um, How about that? Go tell your dad that. From the April baby birthday to Jesus's birthday here in oh. December, because we are going to do White Christmas. And thank you for your reaction to that joke at the start of your introduction, because when I wrote that, that was another one where I lost a lung. Will I get in trouble for that one? I don't care. Anyway, so we did White Christmas, which you played good old Betty in the uh, on the stage version. Uh, did yes. you play it on Broadway or just in California? I, didn't. I did the original yeah. in uh, San Francisco with Brian Darcy yeah. James, and then we did it in Los Angeles at the Pantages, and then, I can't remember if it was the next year. It was two years later when it was coming to Broadway and I was pregnant with my first son, Henry. Yep. And then it came back the following year and I was pregnant again with my second son, Gene. It's white Christmas, not tied Christmas. No, no. And they, they were trying to, the second time around, they were like, well, how pregnant will you be? And I was just like, I, I can't do this show. <laughs> pretending, <laughs> pretending to not be pregnant. <laughs> Nicole Kidman happen. did in Moulin Rouge when she oh. was coming down in that on that swing in her corset she broke a rib oh right oh I remember that from that and Madonna doing Evita yeah I think oh. was she pregnant no it was Madonna was pregnant sorry Nicole broke a rib not pregnant completely unrelated no I think no no no, no. I feel like Nicole Kidman was pregnant during that was she oh I think she was I think she was oh fancy that oh good old Nicole we're gonna have to look it up we will I, I definitely there, there are better men than i gonna get in because i i wasn't gonna do it so yeah no that's yeah. it look yeah. no woman should have to i don't think anyways no but this week uh one person did have to do something and that was evan had to endure or listen to hopefully enjoy white christmas the classic <laughs> musical movie by Irvin Berlin Berlin oh god did when you have a Irving name that, Berlin I know when your name is an almost rhyme that's why I, I brought up the Stasi Barzi thing because Anastasia Barzi it just so uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it Irving Berlin there I did it yes him, him. <laughs> oh, god. bloody rhymes anyways Evan what did you think of this classic well um although I haven't I haven't had time to go and get a Christmas hat or anything, but Christmas is a big deal around here. Um, we've got boxes and boxes of decorations and the whole house gets done and the front gets done and I have to do all the lights and you know, Christmas is a big deal. We go the real tree. So yeah, we, we do 
chuck on a lot of you know the old standards let it snow and white christmas no 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 let it snow giving you for god's sake um (laughs) jeopardy saturday night live anyways go right um yeah i do regret i don't i haven't had enough time i wish i had have watched white christmas as a film you know because i've been sort of i listen to this and you know blind and then i start researching backwards and and i'm actually surprised that the this uh as as a as a musical isn't really that old i initially thought oh you know this must be one of those that just keeps getting done every year and has been going forever you know that the obviously the original song is what 1940 something Six off the top of my head. It was written for the film, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. yeah. And then the musicals made from the film. But I'm amazed it took so long for that to happen. You know, was it 2000 that it that was put on no. stage? No, 2000. No, later than that. 2003, 2004. Oh my god, I had it up here a second ago, and now it's gone. Not 2000, um, 2003, maybe or 2004. No, I really okay. So yeah, I sat down, let's do it. I, I really did dig this. Oh. Uh, how can really? how can you not get into it? It's it's a Christmas album, you know, and it's a good Christmas album. Um, and same kind of same kind of thing. They're having a. I don't know how many uh, songs in the show are from the film, or how many are, are new original songs. I really wish I had time to sit down and watch the film. I put it on in the car. We were, you know, going out to lunch. Sort of played it to my wife. And funnily enough, the one thing, one comment that she came out with, which was what I was thinking as well, was uh, the songs. I'm not sure who the male voice is. Is it Brian? Brian? Brian Darcy James? Brian James? Yes. Yeah. Um, see, I don't I don't know much about him either, unfortunately. But the songs where you were partnered with him, she's going, uh, my wife's basically, she listened and went, she's knocking it out of the park and he's not at that level oh yeah and i was like oh okay so now i don't know who brian james is that's her friend you are talking about evan yeah i'm not sure who i'm talking <laughs> he's, about he's fantastic he's i know I'm... amazing yeah you are so embarrassing <laughs> he and i sing the duet on my album dimming of the day yeah it's me and brian too i am oh, so okay. sorry Anastasia. No, it's fine. no it's fine it's fine listen this is what's beautiful about opinions everybody can everyone can have them yeah. it's fine yeah, yeah no he so wouldn't right. care trust me he uh, would laugh yeah. we're going to get to um, uh, more of but, these shows at some point yeah oh he's wonderful but yeah, no, you're you're um it is it is suck up to the guest day today because I mean your <laughs> your performances in um Sisters, Love oh, Sisters, thank you. Thank um you. pretty much all the standout songs are songs that you are singing in. Thank you. It's the women's. It's as I keep yeah. saying, female vocalists are everything. Yeah. Oh, your your vibrato is just buttery smooth. Oh, thank you. And there's there's so much range and so much power, and you got there is I think one of the big big notes of the whole album I'm pretty sure was you, um, oh yeah, and I was really impressed. Um, I'm amazed. Like I said, I'm amazed this hasn't been done years ago. That there's not any other. Are there any other Christmas musicals? Oh yeah, there must be. A Christmas story. We need a little Christmas. Annie is a Christmas musical. A New Deal for Christmas is in that. Yeah, I was surprised to not hear that many sort of Christmas orientated songs. Rent. What? Rent? Rent really? is a Christmas musical. Yes, there's a song called oh. Christmas Bells. There's a whole eight minute song <laughs> where they sing about Christmas bells. Oh. And someone's trying to buy drugs oh, okay. on the street or sell drugs. Anyways, 
it's a whole thing. Yeah, I've done a bit of reading on the on the film and the, the basic synopsis, and I was like, you know, synopsis? why this song's about synopsis? Yeah, you did say synopsis. Synopsis. Yeah. Synopsis. Synopsis. Whatever. It's my I think synopsis. two very. I think one of them's weather. Anyways, anyway, yeah, because you know you've got songs about generals and like unemployed generals, and yes. I, I guess it's all about the war. And, and I'm like, yes. what? How are these? How do these fit in to a Christmas story? I suppose I, I like. <laughs> I need. I would love to sit down and watch the film. I haven't got around to doing it. I couldn't find a pro shot or a even a bootleg. I couldn't find anything. Uh, there's a few clips of songs, but there's so many different productions. It was yeah. I just wish I had more time with it. Uh, but I loved it. I really dug it. Um, I would definitely put it on again. I think I've, it would definitely chuck it on. Oh, Snow was an interesting song as well. I'm not sure who who is that. Is that in the film originally or? Yes. Okay, because well, I'm just wondering who would want to wash their hair with snow. It, it seems to be an odd thing to do with snow. Again, Evan, you don't know me. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, snow is refreshing, so you'd be surprised. Bloody cold. Uh, yeah. I don't want to stick my head in the snow. I've done that. I was very small and fell off my sled. In, in like Iceland and, and Scandinavian countries, they go into a sauna and then jump into mm. an ice yeah. lake and then go into yeah. the sauna and then into the ice lake. I can't even get out of my shower without wanting to kill myself because <laughs> it's cold and, and putting it's a the tiny heater on. room and I have to put the heater on, which I had to fight <laughs> to get anyways. It's supposed to be good for your skin. It I think is. That whole like, yeah, that oh, like okay. jumping from one to the other is supposed to be good for your skin. I don't know. I don't know. They've got good skin. Yeah. Exactly. Sweets, yeah. Uh, I, I have never seen snow. I've never built a snowman no. or peed my <gasps> name. Oh, this is so sad. I know. Bloody Australia. Goodness yeah. gracious oh. me. It's, we do have snowfields. Are you in Florida at the moment? Me? I, I'm yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, you're in LA? I'm in LA, okay. yeah. Okay. We get, does you get snow in LA? I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. Up in the mountains, there might be snow in the wintertime, but we, I just moved out here. Um, I've been in New York forever. So I've, I've oh, had plenty of snow. Where the hell did I get Florida from? <laughs> I'm from Miami. Maybe that's why. Right. Okay. That I'm was, from so, yeah, Miami. It, was, it yeah. was mentioned there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so snow. Yeah. How deep is the ocean? Is it? Yeah. That was another a standout favorite. That was really, really well done. That's a that's a pretty song too. Mm. Those arrangements are good too. Larry Blank did those arrangements, and that they're kind of they're perfect. I just feel like he he hit the perfect note on all of those. Yeah. And we had a big orchestra. We had I think we had seventeen mm. pieces, you know, which now is unheard of. Um, so the, yeah, the sound of the show was really quite beautiful. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, so again, I'm playing it to the wife and she's going, oh, you know, it sounds really dated. I'm like, yeah, but that's yeah. what they're going for. Exactly. They're, they're going for, you know, well, obviously the film is in the 50s, 54, I think the film was. Um, it's very it's very true to the film. Very true to the film. I mean, it, it does not deviate. It really doesn't. It's it's almost yeah. word for word, you know. Well, so there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, what is it? Xylophones, glockenspiels, yes. um, muted. Is it muted trombones? Is that the? Well, I, I hear a lot of that. There's, I think they're trumpets, and there's a lot of trumpets. A lot of, uh, trumpets with the uh, the things in the ends. I'm yeah, sure it's mute. muted. 
Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that all the way through it, really capturing the um the the yeah. period with a lot yeah. of those. But yeah, like I said, that's what they were aiming for, and they nailed it. Yeah. 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 Rather than you know when they revive an old show and and will like Guys and Dolls, where they the revive it an old show and they'll make it sound exactly like the old the original and yeah i'm like oh, i kind of wish they'd updated it but you know this was aiming for the period and they nailed it and yeah the, i'm sorry but you, your singing in it is just phenomenal oh thank you sir it's amazing yeah thank kiss you. us thank you it's a good time but yeah and it's a good solid christmas album there's yeah. plenty of you know plenty of christmas songs in it mm-hmm. uh, apart from even even disregarding white christmas itself uh, yeah, I love. I have good. I would definitely listen to it again. I'll definitely chuck it on at Christmas. Um, and oh, yeah, good. I want to see. I want to see more. I want to see the see a pro shot or a, or a something. Yeah, would be nice because there's a whole tap number in the middle. I'm like, I really wish I could see what was going on here. Your biggest hope there might be that it's touring, about to start touring the UK. There's yeah. a new production, and the UK lately have been doing a lot of filming things live or streaming it live to cinemas mm. and stuff like that so that's a hope for you there yeah okay who was doing the tap dancing by the way that's jeffrey denman uh and meredith patterson are the two they're the dance leads the second dance right. leads yeah they were wonderful they did it for years and years after i think they did it for like 12 years they'd go out and do it every christmas oh wow those blue skies was it that written for this film you know, or was that I just a standard that was I think in? that was just a standard that they okay. put in there yeah because yeah. I do like that song oh it's a great song that's a great number actually that's a great visual visually it's a beautiful number with the whole ensemble is in it and there's great dancing and yeah so it sounds like it was mm. successful I'm so surprised yeah well it's we are big we are big Christmas fans anyway just in general <laughs> so so it's it's going to score points and I'm going to give it a chance because it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas. Because, because it's Christmas. Uh, you know, like I said, we do the we go overboard for Christmas and we've got, you know, Christmas yeah. earrings and Christmas jumpers and oh, you name it. We cute. go we go stupid. So um yeah, I would definitely chuck this on at Christmas. And and I, I really dug it. I really did. It was so funny that you go out all out for Christmas because we've just done Nightmare Before Christmas with Chris Sarandon. Obviously, who was the voice of Jack Skellington? Like, how, how am I getting Jack Skellington on my show for a Christmas episode? What the hell is going on in this world? However, we go all out for Halloween. Right. Yeah, we do. We do do a bit of Halloween as well, but okay, we only oh, go the cool. we only go out the front. Like Christmas, we do the whole house. Halloween, we just do the front. We right. set up a little table. Um, yeah, we do trick or treats. We don't have them come to the door. We oh. set up a table. Um, I put like that actually this screen behind me I set up in the window and and it plays you know animations of things jumping out and yeah so we yeah we try to um and and this year I've got a heap of bluetooth speakers and yeah. I'm going to cast like spooky sounds and put the bluetooth speakers out the front you know down the driveway so you'll have you know zombie noises coming from different directions and oh, that kind of thing great yeah just little <laughs> stuff <laughs> We should do a Foley session, Evan, because you're really talented at, at creating stuff. I'm so desperate to do Foley because it just looks fun. So and Foley is creating sound effects. So oh, all, okay. all yep, those yep. shitty sound effects that are free online are really, really bad. Mm. I would rather create my own. Like we could set yep. up a website. But anyways, why am I talking about this now? <laughs> 
You've got a guest. Shut up. Yeah. I, look, I, I saw this movie maybe when I was 10, so I don't have memories of it. And I tried to find it on streaming, but I couldn't. So I, unfortunately, I didn't get to relive it, but I did relive the album quite a few times because, yes, it is. It's cheesy fun. It is. Mm-hmm. It's it's sweet and it's innocent. And it's like it's what that's that classical American musical theater. That's what it yeah. is straight up um with a christmas flavor obviously so i i quite enjoyed it so evan what score did you give it yeah it'll have to be in the fours definitely because it, it just slots yeah. in for for achieving like i said for a new for a new musical like so i'm not sure how many songs are original for the show and how many are from the movie but you said it's quite true to the movie it certainly nailed that traditional christmas sound and feel yeah, it'd have to be a, a four point something. Four point bloody oh, I'm trying to think of Christmas decorations. Oh, my brain just broke. If you want to go up to ten so that you're not doing like four point three seven five eight or the bloody <laughs> formula for pie, no. uh, you're more than welcome to just to no, make it a bit easier for you. Yeah. Uh, four four plus tinsel. There we go. Four plus tinsel, you dork. Four plus tinsel. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um so and what is your favorite memory from working on this because obviously it was sort of a couple of years ago that um and you recreated this role so that's yeah something that would be a personal attachment no it's like one of my things that i uh, and i haven't been able to do it recently that i used to love to do is try to put a spit take always put a spit take in anything i did mm-hmm. and i uh, i got one in in this and i was very very proud of it and it was in the scene um an early scene where Brian and I first meet Bob. His name is Bob. I think it's Bob. And we first meet and he asked me some question if I had children and I do a wonderful spit take that would go all over him. And it was very satisfying. And I was very happy that I was able to slide that in. And that also all years later, and I bet whenever the UK does their tour, Betty's going to spit take. And it's all because I spit take in rehearsal and they all went, oh my God. (laughs) So... That's my proudest moment of White Christmas, that it forevermore has a spit take because of me. <laughs> awesome. And in the time yes. of COVID, that's what the world needs. Yes. I wonder how they'll do that. Oh. <laughs> who knows? Oh, maybe, you know, who knows? God, I hope they don't lose the spit take to COVID. We've lost so oh, much. Don't, I know. Don't make us lose a, lose a spit take. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw someone tweeted something to, to the choreographer of white christmas Stephen mia said i'll give so-and-so a hug for me and oh. i read that and i'm like yeah no in a post me to post covid world they're not passing on that <laughs> hug for you honey no. sorry about you're gonna, that you're gonna get this the little elbow yeah that's, that's it yeah. an awkward one at that from a distance leaning forward no one really knows what to do like when you do see someone and you normally would hug or it's yeah. this very kind of strange moment of, oh, what are we comfortable with? It's, yeah, it's a new, yeah. a new world. Yeah. yeah, it was even even yesterday, um, my wife works at uh, 7-Eleven and they're introducing these new, um, not slushy machines, they're like fruit juice machines. Anyway, uh-huh. they're, they're doing a tutorial on how to use them and everyone's got different flavors and they're all trying them. Um, and, and they're literally like sharing their drinks around and going, you know, here, have a try oh, of this, have a try yeah. of that. Mm. And and my wife's sitting there going, um, you're not, you're not sucking my straw. That's not, <laughs> we can't do this anymore. You know, no, no, it's yeah, <laughs> the you... things need to change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a little, 
Now, I have, um, imagine though, if we're greeting each other with our elbows, what would happen if the aliens come down and we're like greeting <laughs> each other with our elbows? What would they think of us? Uh, anyways, okay, so I have a question that we're going to settle after the ad break. And you at home can play along and tweet us your thoughts on this. It's from The Sound of Music. Is My Favourite Things a Christmas song? So think about that and we'll be back after this ad break. G'day listeners, Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales, a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. After barely three hours of light sleep, Toniston Turnbull slowly opens his eyes, his body feeling heavier than it ever has before. Not from extra weight, from tiredness and stress. Polly sighs in the shadows behind him, the flame of the nearest barbed wire tiki torch tower having died down, but not out, while Toniston napped. Are you awake? Toniston whispers. How can I sleep in this place? Polly moans, turning onto her side and facing Toniston, who stays on his back, imagining obscure animal-esque shapes in the rusted tin roof above them, shadows faintly formed by the nearest dying torches. We need to work out a way to get out of here, Toniston states the obvious. He whispers, despite the fact the nearest shacks to their own are several metres away, and the occupants presumably asleep as most prisoners seem to be. How? There's no fence to squeeze through, or even climb, Polly replies, sitting up in bed and then stretching out her sore arms. The hairs stand on end from the slight chill in the air. I don't know, but I think the whole fighting thing is a distraction. You mean, to distract the other prisoners when new ones arrive? No, I I think that was just bad timing. Didn't you notice? Toniston goes on to explain his theory. That fight happened, everybody gathered around. I didn't see one person who wasn't watching. And then when I vomited, the only gate in this place closed shut. What are you trying to say? I think something happened when everyone's back was turned. Like what? Whispers Polly, her voice breaking up in fear. I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. Toniston's brain starts working overtime, but it's strange that nobody seems to want to leave. They seem almost happy. Definitely content. So, when's the next one of those stupid beatdowns? Toniston can't help but think Polly looks tough, almost evil in the shadows as she asks, I don't know, Toniston begins, but both teenagers are distracted by a crumbling noise in the distance. Hopping out of bed, Toniston joins Polly on her own, equally uncomfortable one. Spotting a large, white package hovering close to the cave ceiling, behind it a shadowy figure. The package is lowered down, causing the teenagers themselves to lower as well, hoping not to be spotted by whom, or what, may be operating this obscure crane. Over a long, slow descent, the package is dropped to the ground. Polly keeps her eyes on it, but Toniston looks up immediately, spotting a large black shadow scurry away to God only knows where. 
Come, he whispers as he quietly hops off her bed, slipping into his docks with bare feet. Polly follows his lead. Careful to keep watch on all directions, the teenagers swiftly sneak over to the white package, their hearts beating an almost tribal jam in perfect harmony and stopping in their tracks as the sudden realisation of what lies before them sinks in. A woman, seemingly in her early twenties, wrapped up in bandages from the neck down. No, not bandages. Is that spiderweb? Polly asks, completely mortified at the prospect. Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo! And we're back with Thrush and Treasure. I'm Aaron, that's Evan, and we are joined by Anastasia Barzi, the gorgeous Stasi Barzi, oh. and no one else is allowed to use that, uh, that nickname. <laughs> Except for me, uh, or Barzed, I should say, because I am Australian and I will get in trouble by my teachers for saying Z. Uh, anyway, so before the ad break, I asked if my favourite things is a Christmas song. No. No? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Please, people, stop bloody playing it. No. It's not. No. It, no. Just because no. it, it mentions ribbons or something. I don't know. And yeah, the, wrapped up with strings. No, there's nothing Christmas about it. And it's my favorite things. It's not my favorite gifts. There's nothing really that relates to Christmas in that song. No. I think it certainly does get used at Christmas a lot. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, not it's a of... Christmas song. Okay. <laughs> no, but what is, is Rage Against the Machines Killing in the Name of, which was a Christmas number one single in the UK a few years ago. Really? About oh, 10 years ago, go. I think. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. We're... How is Killing in the Name of? Okay. Well, yeah, I th- I'm pretty certain it, it did get to number one. There was a whole campaign to, to get it there. Right. Uh, so, okay, that, that clears it up universe people humans stop it enough with the my favorite things we favorite shall move things on is now. not a christmas song but killing the name of is yes all right oh now, good it's done awesome while we're still on christmas who would be your dream guests at a Stasi and the stars christmas concert oh goodness Ooh. your dream guests so anyone from throughout time or history or space Oh, wow. How about uh, Jimi Hendrix? Oh, wow. Yeah. Peter Gabriel. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd like Brian Darcy James. Yes. Just because he's such a sweet guy and we sound good together. Mm -hmm. Um, Donna Murphy, I love. And we're friends. Got to throw her in. Oh, I'd like Herbie Hancock. Oh, gosh. Audra McDonald. Do you know any of these people? (laughs) I do. Evan doesn't. I, I, I... No, a couple. You lost me after Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. I know. I know I did. Keith Jarrett, because I think he'd be good at kind of reinventing some, some music, some Christmas Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And David Bowie. Oh, How wow. about that concert? That'd be fun, huh? That Ooh. would be, absolutely. <laughs> Hendrix and Bowie doing Christmas songs. Yeah, yep. I'll pay right? Yeah. With Audra singing. <laughs> I would give myself COVID just to see that concert. Now, okay, a bit of a serious deep question after a lot of silliness. What is one unique lesson, unique to you, lesson for performing that you've carried with you through your career? So not necessarily something that your past directors or teachers or whatnot gave you, but something that you've learnt in your journey 
as an actrice? An actrice. Well, I um, and I still do this whenever I work. I always write the word joy on my mirror in whatever the lipstick is that I'm wearing in the show or the TV show or the film or whatever it is. And it's just a little reminder, you know, through nervousness and anxiety. And there's, you know, there's sometimes a lot of pressure on you to perform and to be good and to, to get a good review and all those things um, and to know your know what you're doing. And I just, I, I love that idea of remembering that this should be joyful. This should be a good thing. This should be a nice experience. And, and what you're doing is giving, giving to others. So it's that kind of idea of joy and giving joy. So I still do it. I've done it for, you know, my God, uh, 30 years, I think mm -hmm. since City of Angels. City of Angels, I started doing it. Oh, so wow. yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's a good reminder for me. If uh, any dead bodies rock up with joy written in lipstick on a mirror, we'll know who did it. <laughs> Awesome. Murder, she baked. Or if you go or if you go into a dressing room and there's joy written on a mirror, you're gonna go, oh, that must be Anastasia. Or somebody that I taught someone I taught it to. Yeah. Yep. That's probably more likely to happen with her. Yes, than the dead Anyways. bodies. Yes. Yes. That's it. yes. Uh, now, okay, what is one one which is a one time director, goodness gracious me, that you've worked with that you would like another go with? Oh. I noticed you worked with Doug Lyman and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I have. Oh, I would love to work with him again. I was thinking yep. Darko Tresnik, who I worked with. Yep. I did Kiss Me Kate with him and I just loved working with him. He did, um, you know, he yep. won the Tony for Gentleman's Guide. Mm -hmm. but he's incredibly creative and full of whimsy and joy. And I, I just, he, and he's just brilliant. He's just great. He makes you great. He makes you better than you ever could be. He just, he's really special. I'd love another go at Darko. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Now, has there been a performance you walked away from that feeling that you left something out that oh. that maybe drove you for the next one? That maybe there was that one thing that you thought you you left off the table. I don't know that I understand the question. You mean like something I I walked away and thought, oh, I should have done that. Yeah, that there's some, maybe something in the character, like a nuance or something that you, that, but then you took to the next role that drove you for the next role to help boost you. Oh, that's a really good question. I oh, think, I think you, no, no, I'm really even serious. I think every time you, you forget something. Yeah. <laughs> so the next time you're a little better. I think as you get older and you, you know, the more you do, the more free you are. And, you know, hopefully if you're working with a director who allows you to be free, and that's one of the things I loved about Darko is he doesn't micromanage you and say, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. He really lets you bring the best, the most of yourself to the character. Um, I, 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 I think every time you, you bring more, more information, a more, a freer acting ability. And I think you get better every time. So yeah. Yeah. So there's not one role that you're kicking yourself about, like going, damn it, I should have oh, should have given like a that. finger twitch to it or something, or uh, <laughs> or a hair flick, or I don't know, something. I can't think of anything specific <laughs> like that. I think, you know, I think I've walked away and said, God, I wish I had just had more fun with that, or I wish I had uh, gone deeper into that person, or you know, yeah. I've had yeah. those kind of things, but nothing specific like a hair twitch or like a limp. Oh God, I should have yeah. played Josephine with a limp. Yeah. That would, that, that would have been good. You know? There should have been a spit take in there somewhere. There yeah. should have. Actually, I think I had a spit take as Josephine. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I did. I put it in everything. <laughs> okay. Now it's been a running question on this show. 
What has been your experience with standing ovations? Because we've found that sort of a lot of the legacy performance, I would say, have feel like the standing ovation has lost its meaning in today's audiences. Do you? I totally agree. You totally agree. Yeah. Everybody stands for everything now. I know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I mean, and it's like part of it's really sweet because you're like, you know, it's acknowledging how hard everyone has worked up there because everybody does work really hard up there. Even if the, the show is not good, even if, you know, whatever, you hated it, you know, the, the sound went out, people misaligned, whatever, whatever happened up there, everybody did really work very hard. So I feel like now we're standing for, wow, you got through it rather than oh, that was brilliant and moving, or that was just a thrilling night in the theater. So yeah, I think it's lost a lot of its its power. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame yeah. because that's, yeah. it used to mean something and the, the throwing of the roses onto the stage and yeah. you know things like that. But look, we had a, a guest on um, that they did Rock of Ages and after it opened here in Melbourne, um, now we've, uh, she also mentioned sort of Melbourne audiences here. They will will give a a standing ovation on opening night, which mm-hmm. is you know they've got free tickets more so like they're just showing their gratitude and just wait to get to the free alcohol really. Yeah. Because uh, if you're sitting down, it's a little bit further away to get to that free alcohol that all these rich people are being given with their free tickets. Anyways, that's another yes. issue for another day. <laughs> yes. uh, now um the Rock of Ages American producers got the cast on stage and said that the audience isn't standing up during Don't Stop Believing. What do what what should we do about this? You guys are Australian, you understand the audience. And the the, the cast were just like, meh. If they're gonna stand, they're gonna stand. If they're not gonna stand, they're not gonna stand. But to manufacture it like that is false and it means nothing and for people to walk away from that any performer to walk away from that and and feel like their second rate performance where they stumbled over their lines and they missed you know so many notes or or one like we all have bad days i have bad i have bad days reading those bloody introductions which are ridiculous but you know they do 30 minutes 30 seconds worth takes a lot out of me anyways the point is that i know when i've nailed it a performer knows when they've nailed it. I feel like it messes with their heads. It, it sets them off on a, a, the expectation is there. We're going to be breeding a group of young performers. It's this participation ribbon society, which has gotten us nowhere in life. Yeah. That's again, another issue for another podcast. Um, yeah. That's sort of just how I, I feel. It's just not about me. It's, it is well, about see, I, I literally saw <laughs> yesterday um, Hamilton has opened again. And anyway, they, they were interviewing some of the guys from Hamilton and they were saying how they, they got a standing ovation, you know, first show back. And again, it and, just and... doesn't mean anything, though. That's the thing. <laughs> you can brag about it all you like, but so what? Mamma Mia gets fucking, part of my language, <laughs> standing ovations. Well, it's built in. Yeah. Yeah, one of them was talking to the camera and the other guy sort of, I don't know, if he rolled his eyes when they mentioned the, the standing ovation, oh, I, I kind of got that impression. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, you know, we're rusty and it's been, you know, mm. we need more rehearsals, that kind of thing. But yeah, they, were, they did say, oh, it's nice to see that, you know, we'd, we're getting standard ovations just because everyone's happy that this show's on again. Yeah. Right. And, and, and there will be a lot of that. Okay, free pass 
for the time being. Once we're out of this, um, the, <laughs> you are breeding yeah. young performers who are now going to be entitled and expecting a standing ovation every time. And when they don't get it, they're going to beat themselves up about it because that's what artists right. do. That's what we do. I agree. I agree. And I have to say, you know, this this probably applies more for, you know, dramatic things than comedic musical theater. But I feel like the times that I have been the most moved watching something, I can't speak after. I can't stand up and clap. I'm sitting there like, you know, when I've seen certain things that have just really like destroyed me, you know, I so I think it's, I don't know if that's, if, if I'm articulating it well, but I think it's stupid to think that that has got to be the end game, that a standing ovation is going to, you know, show you whether the, the work was good or not, because yeah, no, we all respond to things differently. So, yeah. you know, that is a very... Uh, I don't know. Continual ticket sales will tell you if a show is good or not. Yes. And applause is your reward from the audience who paid to be there. So you're already getting your reward from the audience yes. in your paycheck. Where do we go from there? If if now the standing ovation is the norm, is the default for audiences to do, what then are you going to do when a performer has so remarkably exceeded expect or a whole cast, right. a whole show, that, that one performance, because every performance is different. So it, it, the point's been brought up that the ovation is for the show, not for the cast. Yeah. So therefore, the cast walking away saying, we did great tonight, we got a standing ovation. Bitch, no, you didn't. Hamilton got the standing ovation. Right. Come from away, got the standing ovation. Right. Jagged little pill, I don't know why, got the standing ovation. <laughs> And it's it's like it's such a minor thing to get so worked no, up about. But it's not. No, no. I think it's interesting, and I, I I'm I'm glad yeah. to know that I'm not the only one who's feeling. This You're way. not. You are not. So yeah. many people yeah, have come on this show and 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 completely agreed yeah. with us. And I think some people have agreed, well, at least with me on it, because Evan doesn't rant like I do about this. Um, I think yeah. they haven't wanted to put that out in public like yeah no I, I completely agree with you yeah and I yeah. think it's interesting that it's not yeah, good it, I, I don't think it means anything anymore no it's a shame it really it does it's a shame uh, Evan do you have any questions well uh, only, any only thoughts if... on standing ovations well this <laughs> I was going to comment on that where, you, where you're encouraging yeah. me to watch musicals when there are literally no musicals on so that's kind of hard to, mm. you know, oh, you must go out and see this. And, and I'm in Perth. Now, I, I don't know if, yeah. you're, if you're aware of where Perth is, but it's the furthest away from anything. Right. And nothing comes here. Even, even when things go to Australia, they'll go to the East Coast and not to the West because it's too far. Right. You know, or, or if they do come, they'll leave half the show behind because the trucking costs are too much. You know, we are literally middle of nowhere. So, yeah, we, it, big shows are few and far between and the big productions certainly even fewer and farther between. Um, but no, I only had like a little fanboy question. Did uh, with your, you were on Murder, She Wrote. A long did, time did, ago. A long time ago. <laughs> and, and I was just looking up Angela Lansbury and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. she's still going. I was about to ask, you know, 
Is it it's sad to see the passing? No, she's still going. She's 96. She's still, and she was so great. And her son directed the episode. And I can't think of his name, but right. it was such a family affair. And she was so sweet. And actually, I did that right before I went to London to do Napoleon in the West End. And I told her, I said, I'm, get, I'm getting ready to go make my debut in the West End. And she was so sweet. And so like, oh, you must go to this restaurant. She gave me a list of places. She could not have been cooler. <laughs> And more like talking to your aunt. I mean, she just was the just yeah, the best. That, that's yeah. the impression yeah. I get. I was it was basically you know one of those stupid fanboy questions. Like, no, is she no. really as as cool as she seems. Oh, she's as, so you know. cool. She's so cool. And you know, there's always that thing. You know, I was a guest on it. Um, you know, and and so there's no sometimes there's nowhere for the guest to sit. You know, and they have the director's chair things, and they'll set it up you know, with her name on it and her. Yeah. You know, the other stars of the show. And uh, there was, you know, we did this scene a couple of times or whatever. And then I'm kind of walking around with my water and she's like, Anastasia, sit with me, you know? And then that's when Aww. she sat with me and gave me the list of restaurants to go to. And yeah, she was just the best. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of what it felt when David Zippel said, you have to message me after watching this Barbara Streisand movie. Yeah. yeah. Like that was just like, how do you say no to that? How do you say to Angela Lansbury? Yeah. No, I think I'm going I'm to go good. sit over there with, with the, uh, the Teamsters because, you know, they've, they've got all the good beer. So, no. I've got all the good you, beer. You don't. You sit next to Angela oh, Lansbury and you take in everything. Yeah, you're... Everything. There are oh, certain people God. whose careers have exceeded every aspect of yeah. the industry and they are the icons and the legends of this world and to have gotten to work with one. Uh, although we don't, I don't typically ask our guests about working with other people, Evan. Oh. We are here to oh, no. Yeah, but it's Angela It is Angela Lansbury. Yeah, she is oh, one of those. Yeah. And that would lead into, that would lead into one of those questions of like, you know, have you ever fanboyed out to, to other stars when you've yeah. bumped into them and gone, oh my God, it's, you know. Have you had a fangirl experience? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many. I don't even know where to begin. I okay, your most embarrassing fangirl experience then. Uh, <laughs> or, or the one you're about to I, tell. Sorry. I don't know. Ke Kevin Klein, I worked with uh, in a Shakespeare yeah. at Lincoln Center. And, wow. and I was not at all prepared. <laughs> Jack O'Brien who directed it through a party the night before we were starting rehearsals and I didn't know anyone in the cast because I had done primarily musicals and so I didn't know the people who did plays and this was a big Shakespeare and I, I didn't know anyone like if you throw me into a musical I'm going to know at least a few people just because I've been around for so long yeah. but I didn't know anyone and I was sitting at the bar all by myself drinking wine and Jack O'Brien brings over Kevin Klein and I like I I like, couldn't speak and I was such an idiot we ended up being you know palsy during the run but and he teased me about it too I just was like it was like I I, I didn't know what to say because I just love him so much and there he was standing there and I was just hi you know yeah. just like an idiot but yeah I think that's my biggest terrible fangirling yeah yeah. Lucky you didn't do one of your signature spit takes then. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. No. Oh God, no. no. Can happen to anyone. That's yeah. it. But he's a, but he's a sweetheart and totally laid yeah. back and cool and yeah, really? not at all. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, my only my only serious question is is well more what you normally do at the end. Have you got something to plug? What's 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 next? I just finished working on a big movie called She Said, which is uh, directed by Maria Schrader and starring Carrie Mulligan. And I just finished. Yeah. I was in New York for three weeks working on that, and it is based on the book about the uh, the two women who broke the Harvey Weinstein scandal. So Ooh, nice. nice nice part in that and I'm very excited to be a part of it. So that's it. that's what I just finished doing about two weeks ago. So right. nice. I have yeah. a very yeah. very vulgar Broadway joke about Harvey Weinstein. Um, oh God! Masturbating Please. into a pot plant being the origin story of Audrey too. Oh! Oh! Seymour, <laughs> stop it! Fantastic! Thank you. <laughs> I've said it before. No one really like. So many of my jokes, just people don't oh get them. God. You are the perfect oh. guest, really. Oh, it's really good. Really wrong. Thank you. It is very, very wrong. Uh, very wrong. Yes. Okay. So, what has been your biggest? Uh, what is your biggest creative pet peeve in film or TV? Oh, something about the industry. Not not the typical sexism or anything like that. I don't. I don't want to hear a, a cliche answer. I want something that's your pet peeve that okay just makes you go like those caterers that or whatever I don't know something okay I've got I've got one I've got one that's that's sort of interesting so because yep. I've worked theater and yep. I've also worked in television and film there's a big difference in how actors are allowed to speak to each other and I find it ridiculous if you're working in television or film you talk with your scene partner and you discuss hey what about this and do you think you know, what do you think is going on here? Like you'll have conversations over in the chairs or by the craft service where you'll like work the shit out. Yeah. And it's absolutely, it's very collaborative and it's very free and there are no egos, at least I haven't experienced. I mean, I, I did this with Sean Penn, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what you do. You go off into the corner and you talk about shit and you figure, okay, well, what if I do this? What do you think of this? And in theater, you're not allowed to do it. You have, everything has to go through the directors. So, wow. and I have like, there are certain people that are cool about it, but I have experienced in theater, it's a very different, like if you go up and say, hey, you know what, in that scene, do you think, do you think maybe, let's try it once where we do this. They'll look at you like, I'm sorry, you have to talk to the director. It's bizarre. Yeah. That's cold. It's very strange. And I did television first in my career and then yeah. did theater. So when I came into theater and I'm like, what do you mean we can't talk about it? <laughs> it was such mm. a strange thing to me. So that, that's my biggest pet peeve. And I'm telling you, there are some people in our business who are such sticklers for it. And it's really strange to me, very strange. But you know, but I will tell you though, the bigger the stars, the less issue they have with it because they've done television and film and they're used to that kind of like, oh yeah, let's talk this shit out. Let's figure out how to make this good. Yeah. Whereas you go do a show in Hartford, Connecticut or something, and you, you're dealing with somebody who's never worked in other mediums. And they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you can't, please don't come and talk to me about this. Please talk yeah. to the director. So that's my pet peeve. Wow. It's, you know, it's No matter how much I've known about the industry and how many secrets are in my head and all that, because obviously we, we get quite intimate conversations with you guys. Yeah. That thank you so much for allowing that. You, you don't know us. My point is that no matter how much information I have 
gleaned over the years or, or gained it just seeped in from every aspect. I never knew that. I actually yeah. would, if you had asked me which one is which, I would have said the opposite, that theatre people yeah. were closer, that were more willing to work together mm. as a team. I'm yep. literally, I am <laughs> grouped yep. and gagged by this. You have made my mm. Christmas morning with this. <laughs> like, I had no idea. And I will be bringing this up every time. Yes. And I'm making it known that that's cold. That is cold. It's strange. You're artists. Mm. You are not just individual artists in theatre. You are working together as a team. Right? You yes. share dressing rooms a lot of the times with, with one yeah. or two other people if you're a lead or maybe if you're Patty Lapone, you've got your own. Yeah, sure. Right. Your own freaking penthouse dressing room probably. But anyways, more power to her. She earned it. Uh, you're, she earned I mean, it. like you are a team together. Like yeah. in yeah. amateur theatre, we do rehearsal camps and stuff like that and yeah that's sort of why that tweet about the person passing on the hug stood out to me yeah because obviously the me too and and the covid thing i made a joke about it but that's what i've known theater to be like yeah is that people are close that we will laze around on each other not just next to each other you do and and like i said like that the ones who are the bigger stars the bigger names are generally way more generous nothing to prove yeah okay no that's right anyways we're we're all (laughs) sidetracking yeah well i actually i I was gonna say we don't we're not gonna ask you what your pet peeve is because honestly there's not enough hours in the day that's why i have a podcast now just one one quick (laughs) silly question to end on uh, we're yes. going to do a little bit of word association. <gasps> okay. So we've no, never done this with our guests before. So what is okay. the first word that pops into your head? Piano. Love. Sondheim. Company. Politics. Biden. Glitter. Gay. Santa Claus. Gay. <laughs> Rabbit ears. You're in town. Hey. And heavy metal. Twisted sister. Twisted sister. Interesting. That glitter, my answer would be abomination. Ban it all. It is literally little pieces of metal. What's wrong with us? That shit gets in our eye. Anyways. Yeah. Mine was everywhere. What? Your glitter? Did you hope you cleaned up after yourself? Yes. See, and when I said gay, I meant glitter and be gay. That was what I came to my head. And you, then you got that. But then like, Santa Claus had yep. to be gay too. Yes. <laughs> no, I've, I've had I've had stepdaughters. Yep. I've had a stepdaughter who plays with at some point they end up with the glitter and glue and you're dealing oh. with that shit for months. It gets it everywhere. Gets no, everywhere. it's horrible. It's, it is. How about when yeah. somebody gives you a birthday card and you open it and there's glitter in it? Oh, no. No one's hated me that much. Block and defriend them uh, no. and punch them in the nose for that one. Goodness gracious me. No, I am anti-glitter. Confetti, that's fine. That's paper. Like, yeah. that's not going to cut my eyeball out when it's on the end of my finger and I rub my eye. Goodness gracious me, do you know how many times I've done crap like that? Because my mum uses it a lot. Although we did New Year's outside with a lot of confetti and 12 months later, it's it's still in the grass. Yeah. Oh. No. yeah. I'm over it. it get, that gets everywhere too. But anyways, on that sparkly note, it has yes. been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for, for coming so on welcome. this tragic little 
sassy show. I, I did try warning, as I warned all my guests over time. Like, no, I loved it. It was fun. It was great. Awesome. Thank you for playing Valerie in Days of Our Lives. Oh my God. And I love the new heavy metal Christmas album. And I, yeah. and now I'm going to go look and find more. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there's, there's plenty of them. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. find them. Yeah. I think this one, um, the one I normally chuck on, it's called a very metal Christmas. Um, is a very compilation album Christmas. and it's, it's a lot of big names. It's a lot of, you know, Alice Cooper's and people like that. Dio, Ronnie James Dio, all very, like I said, big names in it. All right. I'm going to find it. Um, it's just a compilation. So it didn't quite count, but it's a hell of an album. I'm looking it up right now. A very metal Christmas. How yeah. did I not see that pun? <laughs> I deliberately didn't go with a ho, ho, ho pun because I thought that's far too obvious. And I did run through all the obvious Christmas puns that there are, yeah. but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's even stemming from the young ones, you know, um, Adrian Edmondson on the back of his jacket had very metal instead of heavy metal. I don't oh. anyway. think so. I don't no. know. Oh, there's a whole bunch hard and heavy Christmas. That, yeah. Is that a, a metal album or a porn? <laughs> I know it sounds awful. Yeah, we should play a game. Let's um, con let's con concoct a game oh for our guests God. that come out. What's a heavy metal album and what's a porno? I like that. And we'll see if guests can guess. I we'll, like we'll, it. Uh, guests can guess so guess, guess, guess. but anyways so uh, yeah, let's take all that again thank you so much <laughs> it has been an absolute delight for you to share your christmas with us and our yeah. listeners so where can people find you on the social medias i am on twitter uh it's my full name anastasia barzi and yep. i'm on instagram also anastasia barzi yeah awesome and yeah. as i have made it known no one else is allowed to use stasi barzi because that is <laughs> My reward for three months of lockdown and too many thoughts. Uh, but no, Love you've it. been an absolute perfect guest laughing at all my terrible jokes. It is wonderful. <laughs> I am just thrilled. Sometimes I'm tempted to say and uh, at the start of it, so and please feel free to laugh at my jokes. <laughs> sometimes guests feel like if I'm talking or, you know, doing my review or not, all that, they don't realize they can laugh and it's not going to affect anything. Yeah. I will, I will get their laughter and then I look good. So they sit there in silence through their introductions. Oh, no, no, like, no, 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 no. No, it's so good. No, thank you so much. But um, yes, no, anyways, to you guys at home, a Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas to you, Evan, as well, and Anastasia. Anyways, take care. Please drive safe. And as with our last episode, instead of our usual theme by Death in Bloom, we're going to leave you with the second half of the latest single by friend of the show, Lisa Humber. And if you listen closely, you'll also hear the gorgeous voice of Steffi D. Domenicantonio, who we've also had on the show. And Stasi? See you next time. So bright.